Act Five of Mademoiselle de Belle Isle by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Francis N. Campbell, eighteen o nine to eighteen ninety three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Five, Scene One, Mademoiselle de Belle Isle's room. Mademoiselle de Belle Isle and a footman. You are sure you remember who I mean, Monsieur Daubigny the young officer who called here yesterday and the day before i know perfectly who you mean madam mademoiselle de belle sealing a letter well you must find him immediately it is quite early yet hardly seven o'clock he will certainly not have left his lodging give him this note and bring him with you hither directly i must speak to him immediately before you go send mariette to me mariette left the palace last night with her ladyship the marchioness left the palace you say last night madam her ladyship went away with the duc de richelieu before the ball was over but she will come back she is coming back to-day i do not know madam but if you please i can inquire yes pray do but first of all take that letter for it is immediate exit servant what can be happening yesterday she sent me word that she could not receive me this morning she has left the palace not a word from Daubigny. I cannot conceive what is going on. Daubigny, in the ante-room. Can I see Mademoiselle de Belle-Isle? Oh, yes, Henry. Come in. Come in. I had just written to you. I was expecting you every moment, and yet almost feared that you would not come. It is an unforeseen circumstance, indeed, that brings me. No matter what, you are most welcome. Oh, I am so glad to see you again. I have come to ask a service of you. A service of me oh speak gabrielle i have no one in the world but you my mother died in giving me birth my father fell at the battle of denain i have no relations no friends no friends i do not know therefore to whom i can confide a trust of some importance unless you will take charge of it for me what trust papers that concern my fortune and estate and why do you not keep them in your own possession? Because I am going away, Gabrielle. Away? Yes, I am going to leave you, and when absence once begins, God alone can tell how long it lasts. Henry. I do not wish to alarm you, but who can foresee what time may have in store for him? Assuredly, had anyone foretold me of the events of the last three days, I had not credited them, but i must endeavour to be no more surprised by misfortune i shall not therefore escape from it i know but it shall henceforth find me prepared for it expecting it i have not interrupted you henry though every word you have uttered has been a dagger to my heart go on then since you do not fear to wound me go on i listen to you most attentively oh believe me it costs me much to give you a moment's pain but what I have to say is most important, and once said, it will be said for ever. Go on. The hour of parting has brought with it solemn thoughts of the countless chances of this weary life. Perhaps, perhaps I shall see you no more again, and I cannot leave you without entreating your forgiveness for my intemperate anger yesterday. Alas, one cannot calmly tear from one's heart a hope that had been its life's blood for four years for i have loved you thus long longer longer i cannot remember when i loved you not 
but I have feared that if I did not return, if, if, in short, if I were to die without seeing you once again, you might imagine that I had died with a heart embittered against you, and this might have caused you anguish and remorse. Therefore, Gabrielle, I am come to bid you farewell, no longer, alas, as a lover leaving his betrothed, but as a brother parting from a sister. Oh, you are pitiless, pitiless, and you will surely rue one day the torture you are inflicting on me now. And yet, tis but the desire that your happiness, if you can yet be happy, may not be disturbed by thoughts of my despair that prompts me at this moment. Had it been better to leave you in the belief that I hated and cursed you, when in truth I had forgiven you? Forgiven me? Yes, forgiven you. And it is but very lately that my heart has found the strength to do so, but heaven has taken pity on me. The best part of this night I have passed within the sacred walls of a church, for we may, and alas, do forget God in our senseless hours of joy and happy hope. But when joy and happiness are torn from us forever, God still remains to us. And then, yes, then, we remember him. We seek him. I had forgotten him, for my heart was filled with but one thought, and that was you. You. But last night, in the bitter anguish of my soul, I thought on him, or rather, he mercifully thought on me. I spent two hours prostrate before the altar, weeping and praying. Oh, Gabrielle, Gabrielle, God grant that you may never feel such desperate need of prayers, of tears, and of his holy sanctuary. He is mad. No, no longer mad. I was mad, but I have recovered my senses. For from that church I turned home, calm and resigned at least if not consoled since then i have put all in order for my departure and i have come to confide these papers to you if i return you shall give them back to me if i do not return then open them and let me beseech you to fulfil the last entreaties that you will find in them and now farewell gabrielle good heavens where is madame de valcourt Will you not say farewell, Gabrielle? Henry, you shall not leave me. I must. Because you believe me guilty. But listen, listen, I swear to you by my mother's soul, by my father's promised freedom, by your life, oh dearer, a thousand times than my own, that I am innocent. I have heard those oaths before, and remember too, I heard the Duke. You heard him. Well, in spite of his assurance, which surpassed belief, t'was false, all false. He either lied with wicked and determined purpose, or, like myself, was dupe of some infamous stratagem. Oh, hear me, Henry. Well? Heaven forgive me. I am committing a sin in speaking this, for I have sworn. But, but, that night, when Monsieur de Richelieu maintains that I received him here, I was not in the palace. You were not in the palace? No. I left it at ten o'clock that night, and only returned to it at five the next morning. But... In the name of heaven, where were you then? That Madame de Valcourt alone can authorize me to reveal. I have already broken half my solemn promise in telling you thus much. Remember that. Have mercy on me, Henry, and urge me no further now, for I have suffered such anguish since yesterday that only to keep you here I might be tempted to utter all in spite of a most sacred oath. Absent from the palace the whole night. 
Good God! I have said it. Now grant me but this, and if the expectation I hold out to you prove false, then Henry kill me. Or worse, worse a thousand times, forsake and despise me forever. Wait. Only wait till I can bring you to Madame de Valcourt, and at her feet I will implore her to tell you all, and free me from these dreadful suspicions. Madame de Valcourt? Madame de Valcourt, you know that you will not see her again, that she is gone beyond your reach. How? Madame de Valcourt is gone. Gone? Banished to her estate. Banished? The Duke de Bourbon has involved her in his ruin. But why do I dwell on these circumstances, which must be as well known to you as to myself? The Duke de Bourbon is no longer Prime Minister? No, Gabrielle, and your father is free. The Duke de Bourbon is no longer Minister. He resigned yesterday at noon. True. True. Is it true, Henry? Speak. Speak. What matters it? Answer me, I say, upon your sacred honor. Is it true that the Duke de Bourbon is no longer minister? It is true. Then I may tell you all. Then I am freed from my oath. Then, 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 oh, Henry, we are saved. That night, oh, heaven be praised. Oh, heaven be thanked, we are delivered. I cannot speak. I am choking. Good heavens, speak. Speak for pity's sake. That night... By favor of an order from Madame de Valcourt, and in her carriage I left the palace. That night in which, unfortunate, thou believedst I had deceived thy love and blasted all our hopes, that night I passed in my father's arms. My father, whom I had not seen for three wretched years of dreary imprisonment. If you doubt me, Henry, he, he, my father himself, shall swear to you on his white hairs that I speak the truth. Be silent! Oh, be silent! This was the cause of my confusion— this was why, for the first, the only time in my life I urged you to leave me, without being able to assign the real motive for my doing so. I had sworn to the Marchioness, who gave me that order unknown to Monsieur de Bourbon, that as long as he continued minister I would keep that secret, which once known might have caused her ruin and the death of my father. Ten minutes after you had left my room I was gone from it, and had but just returned to it when you came the next morning." now 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 tis you who are the guilty one and i the judge for remember oh remember what withering words you have uttered to me to your own gabrielle oh when you had left me in scorn and dreadful anger when i found myself alone far from my father and forsaken by you i thought god had forsaken me too and that i had nothing left but to die gabrielle gabrielle yes to die for since all means of justifying myself seemed denied to me while living Perhaps you would have believed my death. Then, Henry, you would have said, Since she has died because I left her, she loved me, and if she loved me she could not thus deceive me. Now, 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 will you forgive me, or shall I forgive you? Oh, no, no, neither. Let us forget the bitter past. The future is all our own. The future in two blessed words. I love you, dearest. Do you love me still? Hush, hush, and yet tell me, for my benumbed senses seem rushing back suddenly to life. Since you were not here, since you were at Paris, every word that villain uttered was false. He lied, that duke, that base, that infamous traducer. Looks at the clock. Oh, God, but half an hour to find him and tear his heart out. Half an hour, one short half hour. Rushes to the door. She stops him. Henry, what means this? I stand here before you. I tell you that I am innocent. I prove it to you. 
I tell you again that I love you, oh, most dearly, and instead of answering me, of thinking of me, you speak of nothing but that man. Forget his folly and despise his calumnies. Let us think now of nothing but my father's restored liberty. Let us return home again to Brittany, to happiness. Happiness, Gabrielle, happiness? Oh, it is now your turn to hear a fatal secret. What? Good heavens. No, no, leave me. Let me go. Let me go. Let me find him. I will find him before my time expires. Henry, you shall not leave this room. I know not what you mean or what you seek to do, but you shall only cross the threshold of this door over my body, and if you attempt to force me from it, I will raise the house with cries for help. To die now, thus, at such a moment, assassinated by that villain, impossible. What horrible words are those? Oh, Gabrielle, come to my arms once more, once more, for the last, last time, lay that dear head upon my heart. So now, tell me again, again thou lovest me. Angel, repeat it to me in this moment of despair. Dolt, idiot that I was to doubt thee. I should have doubted myself, my eyes, everything but thee, but stung with the thought of thy treachery, racked with the bitter thought of having thee torn from me, I became mad. Alas, if thou hadst believed me perjured and forsworn, thou wouldst have died forgiving me, because thou art a woman, an angel of pity and forgiveness, but I hungered for vengeance, I thirsted for thy betrayer's blood. I ought not, perhaps, to tell thee this dreadful thing, but all strength and self-command have left me. I met him, challenged him. We were to fight. Heavens! We were arrested. We passed our word of honor not to fight. No means remained of encountering him but dragging before a tribunal the cause of our quarrel. That cause was thy dishonor, Gabrielle. Thou wert lost, or my injury unrequited. Then, then, dice lay at hand, the devil prompted me, and I challenged him to play his life against mine at hazard. He accepted, for he is brave. We threw, and I lost. Ah! Now I see it all. Your return hither was but to leave me forever. That absence was death. You were to die for me. For me. Oh, but you forget I am not guilty. You wanted to die because you thought me guilty. You know now I am not guilty. I love you still. I have loved you ever. Die! Die! You die! Oh, my God! My God! That fatal man! Why? Why did he ever cross my path? Do you not see that I must murder him? You shall not leave me, Henry. I will cling to you. You shall not move. And yet there is no other way. If he were dead, no human being knows of what passed between us. None know that this very day, this very hour, in a few short minutes, I had sworn to blow my brains out. Oh, Gabrielle, help me, help me, see whither my love for thee has led me. I speak the words of baseness, I think the thoughts of cowardice. See, see how I love thee, since I can contemplate dishonor rather than thy loss. Love, yes, thou hast love, but no pity. Unclasp thy arms. Not on thy heart, but at thy feet is now my place. Oh, wert thou thus in anguish to cast thyself down before me, fame, honor, life, all, all would be thine. Whilst thou canst see me thus embrace thy feet, and give but half thy soul to love, the rest to pride and vengeance. How can I help thee? 
Let me go to that wicked, cruel man. I will implore him to spare thee, to spare us both. Oh, Henry, my heart is bursting. My senses are forsaking me. Have mercy on me, Henry. Mercy, mercy. Courage, beloved one. Oh, heaven, you tear my heartstrings. Courage to see thee die. Never, never. But to die with thee, yes, now, this instant, since it must be so. At least, at least together. Hush. Hush, listen. Tis his voice. Tis the voice of the duke. Great God, be thanked. Thy justice leads him hither. Now, Gabrielle, now do for me today what I did yesterday for you. In, into that room. No, no, I will not leave you. Then by heaven I will murder him at your feet. I will go, Henry, I will. But in the name of heaven. Go, 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 and leave me, quick. Mademoiselle de Belleisle goes into the room. Richelieu outside. Go to the devil fellow. I tell you he is here, and I must and will speak to him. Rushes in. Daubigny seizes him. At length you are in my grasp. And you in mine. And a pretty fright I have had of it, lest I should come too late. My lord duke, you have lied. My dear friend, I know it. And I have galloped thirty miles, without drawing rein to tell you so. And I would have told you so six hours ago, but that I was arrested and carried to Paris, where, fortunately, a justification of three words satisfied his majesty. And thank God I do not arrive too late. What is the meaning, sir? Mademoiselle de Belleisle comes forward. The meaning, sir, is this, that if you do not receive my heartfelt apologies, if you will not and cannot forgive me, I never will forgive myself for this most painful affair. I have been, all along, the dupe of this strangest accident, believing most firmly myself what I asserted, at the same time that it was utterly false. The cause of this strange mistake, and herself the most innocent accomplice of my delusion, is here. My wife, Madame de Richelieu. Enter Madame de Valcourt and the Abbé. I acknowledge, sir, that Mademoiselle de Belleisle is the purest angel that ever trod this earth in the shape of woman. And I entreat permission to throw myself at her feet and implore her pardon, for I have insulted her most grossly and most undeservedly. And I repent having done so, as a man should repent an unworthy and shameful action. Are you satisfied, Chevalier? Is there yet any further reparation that I can make? Enough. Enough, my lord duke. You have a noble heart, sir, and you have proved it nobly. Oh, madame. My dear Chevalier, when I tell you that I was in your Gabrielle's chamber during her absence at Paris, this fatal mystery will all be solved. Oh, heaven be praised for this respite from despair. My lord duke, your hand. You are a brave and honorable man. Halt, my dear fellow. It's evident you don't count modesty among my virtues, and yet I have, a little. But here is the beacon, whose light shall henceforth point to every virtue that is wanting in my list. Your Grace's reformation? is a miracle, my dear Abbe. But it was wrought by two, and here they are, the paragon of maids and wives. And now, have all prepared in the chapel, without loss of time, 
for the solemnization of these two happy marriages two yes madam if you please my own unworthiness has divorced me from you hitherto far more effectually than death ever could have done the presumptuous folly of my youth rejected you in a treasure of which my riper judgment owns the worth our former union was devised by others and suggested by expediency our present one is chosen by ourselves and on one side at least prompted by love esteem and admiration oh my dear dear abbe am i not well rewarded and as for your grace's sentiments i am willing to believe they make up in vivacity what they want in duration now as for me my dear duke since we are come to the closing chapter of confessions though i may have felt little admiration and less esteem for your conduct during some periods of my acquaintance with you i have loved you with the most persevering patience every minute of the last six years so now to marry and then to brittany where mademoiselle your father whom the change of ministry has liberated will meet you and should the time which must elapse before you are again in his arms prove tedious we will enliven it by carefully elucidating all the obscure effects relative to the duke's wager end of act five end of mademoiselle de belle by alexandre dumas translated by francis n campbell eighteen o nine to eighteen ninety three